But I personally love blocking for Josh Dobbs, man. I'll, I'll continue working my ass off for that guy. We got to be better on third down. We got to be better defensively, and uh, we got to be able to score points when we get in the red zone. Uh, field goals will just aren't enough uh, these days. Uh, field goals will get you beat, and and they did. But when you have two teams that huddle, the game's going to go quick, and every possession is going to be crooked. It's a Tuesday edition of the Jack Michaels Show on 740 The Fan, 740TheFan.com, and on that 740 The Fan mobile app on a Tuesday edition. Derek Hansen in the house, and the text club is open. We've got two for you, two today that we'll get to in a second for the text club. Uh, and uh, the phone lines are always open at 237-3767. That's dos tres siete, tres siete. I really, Derek, would like to go back and learn more of a language. Would you? More languages. I think, you know, I turned 50 in March, and I, I'm good. You're good with the one you got? <laughs> <laughs> I was going, I uh, spent some time today, and uh, young broadcasters, and, and I think you've done this over your career as well. I, I, I feel um, kind of flattered sometimes when when uh, folks say, hey, could you listen to the tape and then just sure. go through it, right? You know, yeah. and it's, I just love that. In fact, I, you know, I think maybe it's because we come from teaching backgrounds, you know, family that and their teachers. And mm-hmm. so I spent a, a good chunk of this early mid-morning today kind of going over at a, a play-by-play for a great young broadcaster and, and uh, just going through all the various things in that. And I, I, I always say that if I had to do it all over again, not that you're going to, you know, call an American football game in French, but <laughs> part of the outside of everything is the increased vocabulary. Yeah. And, and certainly in, in, if, if baseball is your field, it wouldn't hurt to pick up Spanish. That's true. Fluently, one hundred percent. Right. I mean, that would be a good the, point. That'd be the thing. So every now and then, uh, we get an end. So and it's not. That, it's not like like once you turn thirty, the ship has sailed. You can't go back and learn a new language. I mean, technically, you could do it all. But the, uh, the phone lines were open. Text club is open. It's Tuesday. Another quarterback goes down in the National Football League. Wow. I, I mentioned this this morning on our sister station KFGO to, to Joel Heitkamp, and 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 he's right because I said this is the year. Of the injured quarterback. And he goes, well, there's been other quarterbacks injured. And he's right. The quarterbacks have gone down. But why is it it feels like the quantity, this is a quantity year of injured quarterbacks in the National Football League, Derek? Well, and if they're not out for the season, they've been out for a series of games, right? I mean, so you've yes. had guys who are, you know, they come back, but they've missed games. So, you know, so many superstars. Because, yeah, you go... Cousins, now Lawrence and Burrow. I mean, you're you talking go about through some, the list. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, well, the fact that Joe Burrow's out, who's an up and coming star, legitimate right. star in this league, is uh, is certainly first and foremost. But you know, Cousins, who was going on to have, I mean, he was bringing this team back and what people are saying, MVP type of stuff, right? And Actually, then, looking really comfortable. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, that's yeah, it's it, it's an unfortunate thing, but uh, that's what you got right now. Well, they think. Derek Carr gets hurt against the Vikings. Jameis comes in for a bit. I think Derek's you know a little bit more healthy, but yeah, it's for, how about the college game? I mean, it knocked one team out of the playoff for crying out loud. The quarterback right. get hurt. I mean, it doesn't. Right. It, did you see the meme that was going around? Like, oh, Lawrence is out. The NFL committee is now saying that the Jaguars can't <laughs> Jaguars, qualify for the playoffs. Jaguars can't make it. Well, and you maybe buried the lead on on injured quarterbacks this year. Aaron Rodgers, right? What like one play into the season or the three season, plays? Yeah, into the Monday season? night football, first Monday night football game of the year. I mean, it is 100%. It, it has been absolutely insane the, the amount of quarterbacks, and it's affected, as Derek says, it has affected in some way, shape, or form. Um, how not to say everything depends on the quarterback, but it it really has to me skewed 
at times, I maybe won't use the word mediocrity, but it has changed game plans, points, you know, because these teams have a starting quarterback for a reason. They're your starting quarterback. They get the reps, and the other guys do too in in practice, but it is all based on that. So if a quarterback goes down that's your starter, that the eggs have been in his basket, and all of a sudden you got to kind of shift focus and develop because not all quarterbacks are built the same. And boy, don't we know that as Vikings fans. They're not built the same. And I hear you. Last night we saw a, a case of it again. You got one young quarterback that finally got his uh, comeuppance. I guess he's got his first NFL win, and uh, you know slung balls in Washington, and now he's he's, he's the hope of Cincinnati. And fared okay last night. Mister Browning did. I thought he kind of looked like he was comfortable, and and he's got some boys. And then Lawrence goes down, and Trevor Lawrence. Something about those academies that produce quarterbacks He's there. pretty good. He was pro-ready. Yeah, we saw a little bit of this at Clemson, to say the least. Right. You so saw did a, Alabama. They saw went, a little bit of, what is this? Saw a little bit of this happening. And he's got Jacksonville, you know, who's got a coach that that is, is familiar with how success can happen and how he can take, you know, some QBs and and, and, and play call. And and, uh, and now he goes down. Oh. I mean, Jacksonville maybe can afford to stumble a bit. But they can't afford to flop. They can't no. afford to, to to deep dive, Derek. The, the year of the of the injured NFL quarterback, which brings us to question number one on the text club at 35270. And something Derek just kind of threw out here before we went on, and that's why I love to bring the text club question out. Simple question, maybe not a simple answer. You're Kevin O'Connell. Who do you start Sunday against the Raiders? Three five two seven zero. Who do you start Sunday against the Raiders? Hmm. If you were Kevin O'Connell, Jack, who would you start? I th- Dobbs has dropped a couple, and not Dobbs, but I mean you know, the team has yeah. dropped a couple, and I don't know if the shine is off. I I think as a Viking fan, uh, we've seen what Josh can do. You got JJ coming back. Got a guy that knows the system that has been. In that in that protocol or injured, but he's not like he's been absent. Um, I'm not so sure. I wouldn't go to Nick Mullen and go to a a, a new jump start with him, knowing full system with Dobbs in the bullpen. That's maybe that's my thought on a Tuesday. I would go with Jaron Hall because I think he showed you a little bit of what he can bring. He's a older rookie. I don't really, and I say this more as a fan because I don't realistically think that this team can do much. Their defense can, but I just don't know if they. And I think Nick Mullins is a poor man's Chad Henney. You you know what I mean? I think he's good. I think he's fine, but he's going to be in that system. I wouldn't start Dobbs in the fact that I don't think Kevin O'Connell can help himself. He needs Dobbs to be that system quarterback he wants. I heard Ben Gessling say a couple times on PA show, then Dan Barrero show last week that. Well, yeah, I think they were happy with some of the impromptu stuff he did, running for touchdowns, yep. but they really work hard to get these plays together and want to follow the system. Well, then Josh Dobbs is not your guy. I mean, if you're going to be upset about him running for a touchdown out of the pocket because yep. the pocket collapsed, well, then you need to get someone else in there. So, obviously, I would go with the other two guys if they're going to insist on not writing up plays in the sand and, and making him sit in the right. pocket and pretend to be Kirk Cousins. No, so... If they want him to be totally like Kirk Cousins, I would go with Mullins. If they want him to kind of go within the system but be able to improvise smartly, 
I would go Hall. And I would just want to see how the young quarterback can do because it's going to really shape what you're going to do in the spring of 2024 yeah. as well. Two different avenues there. That's why I think it's a good question mm-hmm. today. Um, and I'm sure we're going to have some Dobbs. Why not? I guess well, we're I probably going to have some Dobbs. I'm not going to scoff if anyone wants to see Job, Dobbs get another chance with yeah. number 18 out there, I mean, right? What's not to like? He's uh, The proof is in the pudding, and who knows, maybe a bye week, you know, and an extra set of practices and familiarity and film study and all of that with J.J. perhaps uh, back in the line. Who knows? Because uh, I don't think there's a wrong answer, Jack. I'm just curious not, why, I, where, I th- where you come from as a fan, the right? Mullen, the Mullins yeah. thing, it's not the sexiest thing in the world. It's not like you're bringing Joe Montana to me in, no. but, it, but you're certainly bringing in a guy that, that doesn't need caught up on a, on a system. He's he, Jason he's, Garrett. He's there. Yeah, to you, to right. Aikman. And I'm familiar with that. Right. And, and you know what? Times Garrett was serviceable. Certainly on some Thanksgiving days, he was <laughs> very serviceable. And that, Longley, the kind of the same type of guy <laughs> right, for right. Starbucks, right? Even no. for the matter, Cooper Rush, if yeah. more recently, well, 100%. actually stepped in and, and did some things. So yeah, tell I, me about as a Viking fan, he <laughs> ate us up. <laughs> there you go. So maybe so that's the, the the simple question is who do you start? You're Kevin O'Connell. Who do you start against the Raiders? And uh, so and I like your thought, Derek. I don't. I, to me, I, I don't think your thought is. Is off. I, I think your thought is makes the, sense too. I mean, I, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I just want to know from the the fans out there, the yeah. listeners, whether you're a Viking fan or not, what would be your reasoning? Because I think it's it's a really tough call for the head coach. You are so we'll have that conversation. You can text in your answer to three five two seven zero. As you said, not a wrong answer. You're actually probably going to expand on this topic a little bit later on tonight. On our on our sister station, yeah, correct? John Krasinski is going to join us. I talked to him a little bit off the air. He has his uh, idea Thoughts? too. So yeah, it's going to be. I think you'll like that. So yeah, coming up in six fifteen tonight on KFGO, we'll uh, talk with Johnny Athletic. John Krasinski is real name. I've been having him on the air forever. Back yeah. when he was with the AP, just a great guy. The uh, you guys talk a little wolves good too because yeah. that's his main beat. So the um, if this helps answer this question, um, what do the Vikings need? Against the Raiders in, in in terms of points, you know, in terms of how you look at the game overall, and even though I think some fans have have written off is a, is a strong word to say this, but we just saw Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers and 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 they get a victory, and against a pretty good team. And by the way, they've they've had some decent wins, and now we're seeing a comfortable Jordan Love. Certainly seen a little bit of that ground game. Christian Watson's hammy. I'm not sure I haven't researched that today. So they can't afford, you know, to, to thin that team out and right. lose that talent. But uh, we've seen a young Tucker craft, even though they're minus a minor tight end. They've got backup tight ends that are doing the job. And obviously Green Bay is playing well. Now, my point is, is that you saw life in Green Bay. They actually think that they can make the playoffs. Well, they should think that. Right. They're playing better on both sides of the ball right now, for sure. Do the do Viking fans, do you think that you'll make the playoffs? Well, the NFC is weak enough where they can make the playoffs. What they do when they get to the playoffs and could be very reminiscent from last year, right? <laughs> now, does that help you answer the question of who should the Vikings start this Sunday? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to see Hall, because I, I think they're going to be one and done again. But, but that's not how Kevin O'Connell is going to think or really should think as the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. He's still got to think about well, wanting to get to Sin City. He, you still have to, as the head coach. You've got to think about we got to, the end goal is the Super Bowl. Yeah, you got to think that way. I've said this many times. I was 1-7 my junior and senior year. 
you know, I live vicariously through my, my right. hometown's <laughs> new kids. Thank goodness for the – We had a bunch of ranked teams in the Heart of Lakes Conference. They were That's good. Right. We were okay, but they were all really good. My point being is there's not a time when we faced highly ranked number four Breckenridge or number one in Class C, Jason Miller and Monoman. Did we ever think we're going to lose? We thought we could win those games. And that's the approach that you have to have. Otherwise, why are you playing the games? And and you see stuff like the Packers beating the Chiefs. You see weird stuff in the NFL. Right. That's why you have to play the games. That's and you right. can't say for sure that Alabama would beat Florida State because you have to play the games. And so Kevin O'Connell's got to go in with who's the best guy to help me win this Sunday against the Raiders. And whoever he starts, that's what we're going to find out uh, what what his mindset is. Right I, uh, it should I, be about who deserves it and who's been there. It's just right. who it, can win you the game. Who should start? Three, five, two, seven, zero. Oh. Um, it, it's gonna you know it comes down to this too. You know the Vikings had that that they looked like they were going to turn ball. They they were turning balls over early in the season like they were just mad at oh, it for sure. <laughs> like just, here we go. And then they clean up some of that stuff. So the bottom line is this: you give me a quarterback that can stay ahead of the chains. For the most part. You know, and we've seen the backfield run, and Madison didn't fumble in the last game, did he? Right? He no, kind of ran fairly hard. No. You know, you got the tie there that's running hard. You got you got you got some tie you got a little tight end or two to work with. You've got a receiver possibly coming back that's a profile that could either distract uh secondaries because of his presence and utilize the other. You know, so my my thing is this, maybe this will help you answer this question as well. Uh if you're not gonna turn the ball over. And again, back to my Mullins, serviceable quarterback that just time to time stays ahead of the chains and let the defense do what they've been doing. I think you win the game. Yeah. So I again, yeah, we could make it. We could sit here and make a case for all three factions in that uh, that text at three. It's like five, a good two, spe- speech and debate thing. It, Take each side of it. And it's just almost. Go with it. It's almost like mm-hmm. the the bowl, uh, the Florida State argument. That is my other question for the text club. And here's where you can get creative. So it's it's a two for Tuesday today on the text club. Yeah, who should start for the Minnesota Vikings? You're Kevin O'Connell. That's number one. Two for Tuesday. Derek on January, uh, uh, January or December. Uh, when the heck is the uh, the the uh, the Florida State? Uh, December thirtieth, a Saturday, I believe. The Orange Bowl. That's it. Right. Yep. Against Georgia. It is. I want you to rename that bowl. The Orange Bowl. I want you to rename. The bowl between Georgia and Florida State, knowing the angst that those two programs, and certainly one of them, probably had after the the top four were picked. So if not the Orange Bowl between Georgia and Florida State, and some of these we might be able to read over the air, some of them we won't. But knowing the angst and frustration and bitterness and whatever, let's rename the Orange Bowl between Georgia and Florida State what should that bowl really be called? The NIT Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> should have been their bowl. The National Invitational the Tournament National equivalent. Equivalent bowl. <laughs> so that's my second one for the text club today at 35270. If not the Orange Bowl between Georgia and Florida State, knowing what these two. I guarantee you Georgia feels they should be in the top four. Well, I said that yesterday when we were arguing with Dr. Phil. I mean, uh, let, let's look at. Alabama and Georgia and Texas's losses. What's the biggest quality loss? We we talk about quality, quality loss losses in FCS a lot, right? Georgia losing to a top team on a neutral site last game of the season. Texas losing to their arch rival on a neutral site, Oklahoma, 
by one score, or Alabama losing by two scores at home. Hmm. What's your quality loss there? Those three teams. And where, where do you put? In- granted, you go head to head, so you're going to pick yeah. Alabama over Georgia. I get that, but I'm just saying. When, when, that's why this is so hard, and that's I why this, love has this been... debate. You know, I asked this. Someone asked me today, and I said, "I, you know, late in the season wins, quality late season wins. How you're playing, how your team is, means something to me too." Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, what would you rename that? And and uh, you can put in whatever you want. Three five two. I'm sure if it starts with a kiss, my <laughs> you can probably have, yeah. that would be a name of a bowl too. Uh, we got hose bowl. That's pretty good. Um, we got hose bowl. You yeah. could probably have some nice. Uh, you could that could be sponsored, Derek. The disappointing bowl. You got to wonder. I'm, I've been wondering about this too because, as you know, I've always because I love the bowls. I like the tradition of them. I've always wanted them to have the bowl season and then do a four team playoff after the last few years. Just because the incorporating the bowls thing yep. was just getting too much, and, and so that wasn't going to be realistic. So my, you know, my plan has changed over the years as the conferences went from like eight good conferences to five, and now four. Yeah, but uh, Caleb Williams is not going to play in the Holiday Bowl. Yeah. I, I and how if if you're not making the final twelve now next year. Who's going to be left to play in these other bowl games? Because you got to think the seniors who are going oh. to be picking in the top. I mean, this has been going on for a while. This has for been the, certainly, and, and last year really came to I think fruition. Or the last couple of years. But if you're the Holiday Bowl commissioner, you're going, what? Caleb Williams, you're not going to play. Yeah. And for me, forget the Senior Bowl and all that. I mean, Caleb Williams, if you want to make sure you solidify the number one pick overall, yeah. you, don't you want to play in this game to showcase that a little bit? I, I just, but this is going to happen more and more where these. NIT version of the bowl games that are not a part of this tournament now, they're just going to be left out in the cold. No one's going to care to play in them anymore if you're going to be a top-round pick. Great line of thinking. On that line of thinking, it's the Tuesday edition, Jack Michael Show, 740 The Fan, Derek Hanson. On that line of thinking, um, this is the argument. Speaking of, you know, uh, uh, Johnny Athletic and your conversation with him coming up tonight on KFGO, um, the argument in the NBA and I don't know if you've been to an NBA game lately or put down money to 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 witness it. You you bring the family of four or two or whatever, and you plunk down a few hundred dollars, four, five, six hundred dollars by the time show is said and done, and you're going to go watch the Lakers play, and LeBron's on the bench not playing, and so and so is not playing, and they're having this. That's the argument with today's NBA. And your argument there with the, with the Bulls kind of on those similar lines, going well, you know, these players are getting, you know, that never would have happened. Could you imagine? 30 years ago, Derek, or 40, a player not, not finishing out with your team? Not no. playing and not finishing out a season with your team and not no. going to a bowl because you're getting prepped up for the next uh, level? Well, it's funny because I thought about that. I, I thought about a Orange Bowl game that I watched in the late 90s, and it ended with Alabama missing, not blocked, missing an extra point in overtime to lose to Michigan. Tom Brady led Michigan, by the way. That's right. In uh, Sean Alexander was the running back for Alabama. who we went on to have a great career with the Seattle CL Seahawks. Seahawks yep. And I thought about that right away Saturday when this played, that does Sean Alexander play in that game? Right. Today? I don't think so. He knew he was going to be a top pick back then. You're still running, drafting running backs in the first round more common than That's you right. are now. That's right. I, I just I, I thought about that quite a it bit when I was watching the face that. of yeah. some of those great stories. 
three five two seven oh two questions. It's a two question Tuesday today. If you're Kevin O'Connell, who do you start against the Raiders? And we got a Sunday. lot of cute answers for the Vikings thing. Just give us the answer. I, I, no, no, Tommy Kramer. No, th- yeah, let's no, not be uh, funny. Between the three, let's be serious <laughs> for a moment. The here. three, right? Yeah. Just you got give Nick us the Mullins, three. You got Jaron Hall. You got uh, Josh Dobbs. Who'd you pick and why? And we got some good. I mean, we got even this one is even a sponsorship to go along with your. And then the other the new question for is the Georgia versus Florida State. Instead yeah. of the Orange Bowl, let's rename that due to their frustrations and whatnot. What would that bowl be called? On December thirtieth, the Everlast Punching Bag Bowl. I like that. The Everlast. <laughs> That's very good. I wish I had but, something yeah, to give away. Say, today. I have a prize here. That's, a, that's a, a good one. Uh, the nuts and bolts. We got screwed bowl. I like <laughs> nuts <that>. and bolts. <laughs> we got screwed bowl. Tell me, that's not like home of economy or home yeah, deep. You know, that takes you back to the sitting in the stands at basketball games. Well, in high who school. sponsors the ladder at the NCAA? Warner Ladder. Right. right. Well, you, you can go. get a good sponsor on that. Boy, is that a the nuts and bolts? <laughs> We got, can you imagine the promo for that? I like that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, see, this is why you throw that stuff out. That's my apologies got. to Bucky Berg all those years for chanting that. You know, yeah, do, doing a good job. Nuts I mean, involved. We yeah. uh, quick timeout on the other side. Tim Miles was in town last night. What a game that was at the Shack in college men's basketball. The Cobbers also sweep yesterday. Got a lot to get to today. On the Jack Michael Show, Perry Hansen's going to be joining us also around the corner. Perry of the Hansen Hansons, not the Derek Hansen. I don't know. Maybe you guys are related deep down. I'm, no, I'm not. You're no. not. Okay. I know every male that I'm, you know, Hansen of my clan that's related. <laughs> nope. And there's three of us. Okay. My cousin Jay and yeah, it's just another. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Perry, uh, we'll, get, we'll, we'll contact Perry. But, you know, if you've ever picked up a hoopster. That's the origin. That family got that 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 Bible of basketball going. So we'll talk with Perry about that, and and we got basketball getting underway. That's right. Seasons are molding into the next one. Uh, more coming up on a busy Tuesday. Jack Michael Shell with Day on seven forty. The fan. Seven forty the fan. Seven forty the fan dot com. Text club open thirty five two seventy three five two seven zero. You're Kevin O'Connell. Who do you start Sunday uh, against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders in Paradise, Nevada? What a nice place that sounds like, but it's still warm. Uh, Paradise, Nevada. Do you start uh, the young man? Do you start the journeyman? Or do you start the yeah, backup man? That's kind of the uh, the the three options that you have. Who do you start? The second one, uh, knowing the frustration of Georgia and Florida State not being in the top four, we're asking you, rename the Orange Bowl. Three o'clock Saturday, December 30th, the Capital One Orange Bowl, except for our show of purposes today. Knowing their angst, we've had some good ones today. Text in at 35. What would you rename that bowl? Um we got hose bowls ready. I'm nuts and bolts. We got screwed bowl. Those are pretty good so far coming in today. Interesting text in talking about, you know, not playing in the game. This texture brings up the fact that uh, Willis McGahee is oh. probably the reason these guys skip because he blew out his knee. And remember that? He yes. still went on and had an NFL career, but, but he, I think they felt like he would have been. And- yeah, for sure. So I, I just, it, it's an interesting thought. I, 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 that does happen every once in a while for sure. I, uh, and I hope it didn't sound like we're just demeaning and 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 thinking uh, they're a lesser athlete by choosing to forego their their bowl game 
so they can put themselves in a spot. I get it. Well, I it's mean, one of these things too. I, get where, it. I understand the dollars. Yeah. I mean, I, I get well, it. it's you're sitting on a lottery ticket, right? You are, and that's dependent on you still being you. I mean, think about. Yeah. Let's look at Jordan Travis. Florida State now is not in the playoffs because they're playing a nobody team and a freak injury against a team that they would have beaten forty to nothing with a backup quarterback. And that, and here you are. So, and you're looking at it, you. Do you want to take that risk? Because yeah, you can get hurt in any game. But a bowl game, that's the equivalent of the NIT right now. It, 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 and then yeah. you tear an ACL in it against Louisville and the Holiday Bowl if and you're if Caleb you're, Williams. If your draft stock was, was, was round one. Well, I mean, it's, a, it's a thing where if you get an ACL, you're probably just not even going out for the draft, right? You're no. just You're going to wait, you know. No. But, it, but almost any injury that, that – uh, that any injury that may not be fully – Recovered on, you know, by the time it goes, and, and and a rookie, you're not asking a lot of guys to do, but some of these guys you are. I I, I get that part. Um, yeah, it's been alive. We're in a different world, aren't we? A different. Well, world. I think we're the, just in a different world. Well, it's it's there's so many perfect storms that have taken place here, right? Yeah. I mean, be, between the conferences becoming four mega conferences, name, image, and likeness, transfer portal stuff. It's just, yeah, for but, but, sure, and that, and I'm sure there's some out there going, hey, these athletes are, you know what? Put yourself in their shoes for just a second, too. Put yourself in their shoes, Derek. I mean, I do all the time, right? That's, uh, I mean, I mean, I, I, what would you do? You know, you know, what would you do? That, well, my point is, okay, so let's say you're a quarterback here and you can transfer and get nil money up to a million dollars. What I and I think the reason you and I relate to this a little bit is if, you know. If ESPN Radio said, you know, we're going to pay you seven digits to go right. do a show at from noon to right. three nationally, right? We're gone, right? We're turning our resignation to Joel Heitkamp tomorrow because yeah. Yeah. that's the way the world is. That's capitalism at its finest. It is. And if you are, because the problem is, and I, I sound like a broken record, but these guys are getting too big for just being amateur athletes, and they, the fact that they kept on trying to make this what it wasn't, and I've said to many people. So you just liked it better when it was under the table and we didn't know about it. And I think if you were asking honestly, right. we did. Yeah, right. Just don't – I don't want to know. Right. Let's go. Security in doing something that you love for a length of time trumps probably everything. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, if, if someone came calling, Derek, for uh, twice as amount of money as you made, but it's in a field that, that just isn't that attractive, that's a different story. Been you know, there, done that, right? You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. So the, the the goal here: do something you love with that security for as long as you can yeah. do it, and not have to, you know, and starve that, yourself. That's what's being dangled in front of most of these young. Well, men I mean, and we're women. and in, in these cases, it's life changing money. Yeah, you know, I mentioned basketball last night. I uh, that was an incredible game. You know, kudos to Tim Miles. You know, Tim not afraid to 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 schedule. You know, a couple of home and homes during a season. Bison just played San Jose State, uh, and lost down there, and then uh, Timmy uh, Tim brought the club up here, and uh, that was a heck of a contest. And NDSU came out just guns a blazing, and and it looked good. And Dave had those boys ready to go, and and I think the house was pretty good, uh, good support. And uh, then San Jose, you know, they make their run. All of a sudden, we got ourselves a you know it's a tight game, a couple threes being dropped, uh, some dunks. You know, the the San Jose State he's got his Cardenas, this guard, just a, a great feel for the game 
and uh, it goes overtime. And uh, I'll give credit to you know Noah Federson had uh, had a career high seventeen last night for NDSU, but uh, Bowden Scunberg, yeah, this young man is such a baller. And he dropped a big three late, and I get that he had a defensive stop that forced to travel in that game that was just as key. So that's a nice win uh, last night against San Jose uh, San Jose right. State. Uh, the Cobbers, in case you haven't noticed, the men, even though they lost to uh, UND, but that's a non – that was an exhibition game for right. Concordia. They're 7-0, Derek. Nice. The Cobber men are playing well, and the Cobber women are, are are not far off from that. So the Cobbers are playing well. And in case you haven't noticed, that the Tim Bergstrasser, the, the Dragon men, they are part of the cream of the Northern Sun crop. Right. They are they are really playing good basketball. So, I, I mean – and for that matter, Paul Sather, now they dropped a couple of games out in Cali – but, you know, they strung seven straight. So I, I kind of, you know, I know I'm leaving off some basketball programs in the area, but there's some good hooping going on, Derek, from the collegiate level. Yeah, it's getting off to an early start. Obviously, conference play may tell a different story for a lot of these people once they get going, but it's fun to see. And it's, it's uh, and you mentioned, you know, when you mentioned Scunberg and some of these guys, when going back to 2003, oh, we're not going to have any local kids around anymore. Well, here's a kid right <laughs> from right. the state of North Dakota. and. You know, obviously contributing and being one of the big stars of this team right now. That's really a cool story. They had another local kid that, uh, speaking of the NILs and moving on and other opportunities, and, and good good for him. You know, Grant Nelson is doing fantastic. Just fine. He's yeah. doing just just fine. Lauren Ware, who was a Bismarck Century kid, teammate of my daughters at, at, at uh, volleyball, went on down to Arizona there and then transferred to Texas A&M. She's doing terrific. Well, and, yeah. and I've been following Jared Frannick a little bit down yeah. in Iowa, and he's rolling right now, too. So, I mean, that's quite a story there, a kid from West Fargo. I didn't really fault him. I, I wanted to see him finish out his career with NDSU, but hard to argue with going, you know, wrestling for the Brand Brothers down in Iowa, one of the, you know, top, you know, Mount Rushmore's of college wrestling, them in Oklahoma State. How do you I mean, pull that yeah, back? Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Perry Hansen coming up around the corner. I had one more thing in the docket today, and it's probably going to open up a. Too much conversation for the, the, the less of time we have. But there are, uh, in the past 10 years, 14 players have been elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in their first year. Okay, In the past 10 years, 14 players have been elected in their first year. So, it, it you know, in this year, the balloting, I think, has to be in by the 31st. And then it's announced in January, I believe, that starts. So we're, we're you know, a couple, few weeks away from the balloting being in. Um so the the uh, 2024 Hall of Fame ballot uh, has been released. It's got a few ballot veterans. Todd Helton, who I think might be a year for Todd Helton, uh, Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones. They have they've got to get the 75 percent. But when you look at the uh, at some of the names on the the first year guys, Chase Utley. Yeah. I'm curious what Chris Coast would say about Chase Utley, his teammate at Winter World. He speaks highly of Chase. Um, David Wright, Joe Maurer. Hmm. I don't know if any of those guys are going to be first balloters. Bartolo Colon? He maybe should get in, but I don't know if he's going to right away. Like I said, in the past 10 years, 14 have been first ballot people. Um, Bartolo Colon's still playing in like... (laughs) <laughs> like it's these small town leagues or something, right? Isn't I he? think he's uh, you know shocked the world once, uh, all star four times. Victor Martinez, uh, Brandon Phillips. So we're saying that we're not going to have anyone I in just this don't, year. Uh, Adrian Beltre would he be on that? I believe maybe. Outside of the steroid era guys, which yeah. you know, are all looking off the board now, and so. they're all going down. 
Um, if Bauer's not a first ballot, is he? I think he is. I just don't think he's. I don't think they're going to vote him in on the first ballot. I'm not going to be mad if they don't. I'm not going to be mad if they do. <laughs> you know, I mean, just right. You know, I, I just think he's. But I think he's going to get in because the numbers he put up in those ten years as Lifetime a catcher, three hundred six hitter, yeah. Derek. Yeah. Well, he's one of the best catchers ever, even in the short time that he played catcher. There's just no getting around it. I mean, you know, did they win a lot in the postseason with him? No, but you know, he's he's up there. The benches, the bears. I mean, he's a notch below those guys. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And, he, and you look at he guys and Posey ahead of, are kind of the same. You look at guys ahead of him in certain categories. I mean, he's his numbers rank up there from uh, all of that. You know, a few several Gold Gloves, three. Um, Third in average, first on base percentage, with uh, compared up against some of these other names. Um, I don't know, so I throw it out. Well, he certainly I, is one of the best hitters in franchise history. If you think about that, I mean, and they've had a few good ones. I have the stat I'll always remember, Joe, is he struck out one time in high school. Yeah, and it was on something. a foul tip, caught foul tip. Yeah, so I mean, it's, I it's, I think he's going to get in just because I I think that. You know, one of the toughest positions to play in sports. He was really, really good on the other side of the, and you just don't see that very often. Yeah. And he, he was good defensively too, as you mentioned. So. We've had years where nobody's gotten in. I mean, that that it it's been a tough haul to get into, and it should be, but it's been a tough haul to get into. And I I hope for this for Maurer's sake. You know, his um, you know, I, I mentioned a lifetime three oh six hitter. You know, we talked about Tony O for so long, uh, Derek, and and. How many times have you bumped into Tony and sat down and chatted with Tony? I mean, when you talk about lifetime 300 hitters, you realize how tough that is. Oh yeah, to, to, for your span and a year le- and a career lasting more than just a couple of years. Lifetime 300. But all of a sudden, the analytics now, you know, do we even view batting average? You know, d- does that have? Are we numb to batting average because we want more? We seem to be now. It feels that way, doesn't well, it? We've had this. We had this show last early last summer, right? Yes, I mean, we what did. is a what are the new numbers? We have the analytics, the wars, and all the the, the OPSs and all everything else that that comes into play. Because Burt Blyle haven't had to wait that long at two eighty three. Right. He's a first balloter now. In my opinion, right. if you you get the two eighty three, you're a cinch now. It's always the kicker too. The uh, well, he's not on the first ballot, but well, okay. So, so in in the eighth year, he gets in, and he hasn't been playing for thirteen. Yeah, you know what's the you know, okay? Well, I think that because he was so surly to the media, I think the biggest joke ever was Jack Morris. Because to me, he's a first ballot. He was the best pitcher of the right. '80s, and it's not even close. But we're going to make you wait, yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to you got much you better in your final year of eligibility. <laughs> I've I, I kind of never understood that that we make you wait, but now we'll put you in. I'm like, well, he hasn't changed the stats. No, his stats haven't changed. His numbers haven't changed. He's the, the best pitcher from start to finish. In the 80s. Don't give me the Clemens. Yes, yeah, so there was periods where there was other pitchers, but from that decade, he was the best. The afterthought bowl. Yeah, that's <laughs> the, pretty good. The has beens bowl. The, uh, the boy, we're getting that on the text club today. Uh, we'll take a timeout. We got to vote for Dobbs. Should start this week. All right. Yeah. So, so now, see, there, there's our case in point right there. We've named each quarterback and reasons why they should start. Quick timeout. Perry Hansen uh, coming up next. It's a Tuesday edition. Jack, did I mention tomorrow? We're going to have a group of fellas in here from below zero wrestling that are putting on a wrestling function Sunday in Horace. 
and I mean wrestling, wrestling, Vern Gagne, I mean, not him, but that kind of, that, that wrestling in town, and all the benefits are, 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 are going to Rough International, which is going to help out children in Nicaragua and things like that. So we're going to bring the group in here tomorrow, even the bad guy of the group. The bad guy's coming in tomorrow, Derek. They call him Sly Fox. He's he, in here? He's, he's coming in. So I better hide everything of value in here. <laughs> Quick time out, Barry Hanson next on 740 The Fan. A little kindred wobbin' in tonight, D. Yeah, Bob Roar's heading down, yep. The Roars has been restored. It is uh, basketball tonight on 740 The Fan. And the intriguing thing about this year in the state of North Dakota, class, class, class. You got, uh, you know what, you got three different classes there. And I don't know how that affects uh, Perry Hansen and his staff at the Hoopster, but I know this, that baby is out and that thing is chocked full of information that uh, you're just going to need to have. I, 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 I imagine there's people that have collected the Hoopster from day one. Um, I've got so many in the, in the in our studio here, Derek, that it's fun to go back and look at those names that went on and played college and and moved on. And Perry joins us today from the capital city. How you doing, Perry? What's up today, buddy? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Just enjoying some nice weather outside here. Yeah, I was. I didn't see the temp at Bismarck, but knowing that it's always like eight degrees or more. What was it like seventy yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in the banana belt out here. <laughs> it is. Being from Williston, Derek, you always got that too, right? You know, I'm a Western North Dakota boy. It's always like 20 degrees warmer. I know. I notice that all the time, yeah. Gas so. is 20 cents higher, but the temperature seems to the be. The banana belt from like, you know, <laughs> all the way from Rapid City, South Dakota, yeah, up to your hometown. That's, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Perry, uh, let me ask you. I should know this, but how many – I'm going to say early 80s, but how long have we been doing the hoopster here? This is number 42 for the boys and 32 for the girls. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. To, thanks to Dad for getting that started for me. Don Hanson, one of the uh, just – and your mom, too. Your, your folks were just – they're just fantastic people. And, Don, it was a it, – it, and let's start there, and then we'll get into, like, like what folks are going to be able to see in this year's version. But how – Don started this because why, Perry? You know, he he just uh, he saw a book down in South Dakota uh, back in the early mid mid eighties, and he just thought that this would be a great thing. As much you know, with North Dakota people just love basketball, and he you know he started out, and I still do it for the same reason. We, we like to do it for the kids. Um, I think that's important. Uh, there's so many kids that get the opportunity to play. You know, and like you said, maybe ten years later or whatever, you look at some names and see where they ended up, and my all-time lists are always pretty popular because of it, and I just think it's great for kids. And the state of North Dakota has always just supported basketball, and I just feel like it's a good information outlet for them. It really has. I'm not sure what year it was years ago because if if I I uh, I'm thankful for those that keep stats and records and and pass those on and don't let them go away because once you lose these, it's really tough to recover numbers so and so i remember years ago perry and maybe talking to your, your pops there and and uh you know and i don't know boy it's been too long we missed don b and i tell you I miss him every time the season rolls along uh but i remember he was trying to find out like the single highest point total scored in north dakota <laughs> it was like you'd come up with a number you know, and maybe it was a Justin Belavik or, you know, most recently uh, uh, like a Trey Eagle staff. But then someone would come along and say, oh, no, 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 like Bob Eagle staff scored this. And they're trying to track down all those 
the, the real stats, I know that was intensively labored uh, to try to find that, correct? Oh, it's, it's, and it still is today. I, you know, I still get calls. Hey, I had this many points back in, <laughs> right. back in my day. And I said, just get me some kind of proof and I'll, I'll get you into the book. I don't have any problem with that at all. And yeah, it was really labor intensive. When you look at it, that's the all time list. I'm not sure if anybody else even has one of those on record anywhere. And, and it's really popular and it's actually a, an issue for me going forward as to how, do I want to separate that into three classes? No, that's right. You know, so yeah, and I just that's the only part of my book that that um, you know this year it's okay, but next year I'm going to have to try and make a decision. And I know a lot of people like in the 48 area when they play Class A, they want to be in the Class A section, even though their team currently plays Class B. So, sure. You know, we get we're getting quite a bit of that now with the three class. We're going to have quite a bit of that. So I, I'm going to have to decide what. Uh, what to do? Maybe if you got an idea, drop yeah. me a line. Well, you know, we got a pretty powerful radio station. If you've got an idea for Perry, because that's Perry said they did it. Uh, your first word was, "We did this for people because they wanted they wanted to know. They wanted to know information, and that's why I did it." So, yeah, if you've got an idea how how to handle things of that nature uh, in a three class system, you can text that into three five two seven zero. The three class system is here, Perry. And uh, and all of a sudden that that changes the perspective heading into this year. I don't know uh, how that changes predictions that you have, but that too is a popular part of the hoops, Drew Perry, where you you sit down and I don't know the accuracy rate's pretty darn good. Don was pretty good. I don't know you guys are basketball guys. I know that Perry, but uh, take us through a little bit of that and 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 what people can find in the uh, the book this year. Well, you know, and I what I did is I separated it out into the three classes per book. I have the double A section, and with that went along some predictions, and then I I went to the middle middle class, which is now class A, and did a whole section there, and then we did the class B in the third section, and so um, all of my top returning scores and rebounders and stats and predictions which I will add was very, very difficult this year with three classes. Uh, a number of the coaches would respond and say, I don't, I don't know these teams. We've never played them. And, and so it got to be a little bit difficult. You know, class B used to be kind of, you could always look towards a kindred or a central cast or a Bueller or somebody bigger, Shiloh towards the top of a, of a region. And now, with that class B and, and it was overwhelmingly supported all summer long. People just couldn't wait for this three class uh, to pick the class B districts was, was a little bit more difficult this year just because there wasn't that top school or big school at the top of each one. And not to put you on spot today, Perry, but it, with time being short on this too, from a team aspect in, in the three classes, if you want to choose or from uh, individuals that, that folks in our region should keep an eye on, uh, this year, regardless of uh, the boys, girls class, uh, why don't you humor us a little bit, uh, Perry, from a team aspect and then maybe from an individual aspect, uh, if you got a couple of names for us today. Yeah, you know, in in boys, you got a local team there in Fargo North and Davies that are, in my, uh, in my predictions, one, two in the double A. And then there's a couple of West teams to follow that and and then uh, Devils Lake is uh, and Kindred and Four Winds and Bueller are the top four in that middle class. And it's really interesting. Devils Lake would have played in the EDC, and they probably would have been a top three team 
if not top two team with the number of players they had coming back. Wow. And out East Sargent County was a team that uh, on both the girls and, and boys side that is going to have a really nice season down there. And when I was down there working, selling ads and stuff, there was a number of people who was like, yeah, we finally don't have to play Kindred or Central Catholic. <laughs> and, and, and we got a good group of kids on both sides. And so, and Thompson out in your area, they're, yeah. they're going to be really good on the girls side along with Wapiton who, who went all the way up to Minot and played and uh, got beat by a good South Prairie team. But uh, that's going to be really interesting with this three class. Uh, Red River girls are going to be good. Jocelyn Schiller still mm. is just a phenomenal player. Lily Bell in the girls' side out west is really good. Thompson's got a couple of good girls. Well, Scout Woods was an all EDC player. Now she transforms into the into the A division. So you're getting a number of that. Devils Lake has a couple of really good boys. And so, yeah, it's, it's going to be real interesting to watch as the year goes on. Boy, the talent is there, isn't it, Perry? And, and uh, from, from the Bismarck Mandan area that just encompasses a lot of great athletes, my not certain. And we got new schools coming on. I tell you, the, uh, the, the, the advancement in athletics at a short period of time, and I don't care if you're talking about legacy or West Fargo Cheyenne, I've been out to see some Horace athletics going on. Does that shock you, Perry? You've been around the game long enough to understand that uh, right now it just seems like the gap isn't long. you got a new school, boom, seems like they're competitive quicker. I would I would absolutely agree with that statement. I It was really amazing how fast, like, Legacy and Cheyenne, and even look at where Horace is. They made the football playoffs already. They got a really good girls team this year. A girl getting recruited to Division One, so right. It's just incredible the the number of opportunities these kids have to go play basketball is is pretty special. And I think the biggest thing is the amount of training abilities, you know, with the Stanford Powers and those kinds of programs that these kids have today. That maybe you and I never got a chance to. You and I had to probably play out in the wind out on the <laughs> right. out on the driveway. <laughs> right. I, I bump into like yeah yeah the, the old school. I bump into Hunter Berg from time to time, and that. You know, he's a pretty good athlete, but that's he didn't have that. He had the driveway and a hoop, and, and that was it, Perry. That, right? That's, that's, uh, yeah. that's how that works. Perry, uh, the Hoopster, the girls and boys, the Miss Hoopster, and the Hoopster uh, is out right now. I noticed you quadrupled the price. Okay, you didn't at all. I don't. This is another thing I used to talk <laughs> to your dad about. You know, more goes into this every year, and yet you've somehow kept that price almost virtually the same for decades, Perry. How, how is that possible? Well, I, I actually use a line you once used on the radio that you could still get a, ho- a hoopster book for a crisp twenty dollar bill. <laughs> that's, that's right. Kind of, it, it's just kind of stuck in my mind a little bit, and it's a little more if you order them online with postage and stuff. And so I might have to address it here in the next year or two. But uh, if I could keep it at twenty, I'm going to try and do that as long as possible. But as you well know, it's just getting getting a little harder to do that. But I think twenty dollars is a fair price for people to enjoy this. Well, it's it's more than fair, and that's that's the Hanson family, and that's all those people that go out there and and sell it, and certainly uh, the advertisers that make this possible. So when you go through your hoopster and you see those advertisements in there, patronize those uh, those sponsors because that's what keeps it going. On that, Perry, last thing for you: where is it available? Where can people find the hoopster? Well, you can order online at ndhoopster.com. And I also have what the uh, last couple, three years now, I've done a digital version. Uh, you can shoot me an email and I'll send you a link and you'll have the book right on your device, uh, your, your device of choice, your phone, your 
computer, desktop, whatever you want to have. Shields and Barnes and Noble are two of the bigger stores Jarrell's sport about. I've got a whole list on a Twitter page and a Facebook page that uh, lists every town where you can buy them. And, and like you said, if they can buy them locally, that's a lot better than uh, having me stick one in the mail for them. <laughs> Would Phil Hansen have been in the blue pages? That was the big thing in the hoopster, Derek. If, if you made the, if you're an athlete oh. and you made the colored, uh, like I think for the Miss Hoopster, it was the pink page, like players to watch because you can't put 300 kids on, on a. You see, they the Hanson, they they pull out maybe five or ten players to watch. My guess is Phil would have made the blue pages, Perry. <laughs> well, I don't know what kind of basketball player he was, but I'm <laughs> guessing that he would. He he was probably pretty good at setting screens, and he. Probably had his way with a few people down on the block. Uh, so. Yeah, I meant yeah, Phil Jackson. Did I say Phil Hanson? I meant Phil Jackson. Oh, yeah. Phil Jackson. Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. You had Hanson on your mind. Yeah, I had Hanson. I'm, I'm I'm surrounded by Hansons today. Perry, it's just, just Perry. Phil spells it wrong. So, O N E N. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah, he doesn't know how to spell. Yeah, we got to work on that. We got to get a little Norwegian. Don't be knocking my WHS education. <laughs> I think Phil Jackson would have had a really fair shot. Yeah, yeah, he, he <laughs> might have been on the cover. Kind of wish we'd have had one back those days just to see. <laughs> that but, was uh, that, that was the other quick thing. I had I I did three sections of that this year because I wanted to recognize more kids. And oh, so that's great! And got twelve, and so that's that's kind of nice. So I uh, I know we got to go, but I'm going to ask a question here that you can take to your. Uh, colleagues, and if you are going to, in the hoopster, pick one player per decade, 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, the 2010s, huh, Derek? Impossible question, right? That's a tough one. And use that for Minnesota. Use that for our friends in South Dakota. If you had to pick one player to represent as the player of the decade, and for your Sake Perry, the state of North Dakota, 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010. Here's a question, huh, Perry? Wow, you uh, <laughs> now you got my, now you got my head rolling a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, I, I, like I should have started with that, Derek. We could really use that. We might have to bring that up We'd on the show. We'd probably still be working on that. Yeah, I I actually. <laughs> Well, one of the resources, ironically, would probably be the all-time scoring list in the book. You know, oh, try look there first. Sure, and then and, go down to the. And, that, mm-hmm. That'd be a good battle, Perry. Good stuff. Uh, good to have you on board. Glad I could make my brain fry now for the rest of the day as I try to figure out that answer. So. Yeah, and I appreciate all the coverage you guys have done. You, you guys are so great down there, and I appreciate that. And uh, the book wouldn't be where it's at without people like you guys. Uh, Bless you, Perry. Uh, Good to hear your voice, buddy. We will talk to you soon. Uh, Thanks again for doing what you do. Thanks, Coach. You bet. Take care. Bye-bye. Dropped a coach on Perry in there, too, because he's done that over the years. Can you do that for Minnesota, Derek? 60s through today, the decades? One player per decade? Yeah, it'd be be pretty tough. It'd be some fighting words over the seventies. Would would one of the Joneses boys? uh, Would would one of the would would Trey or Tyus up there? Would, uh, 90s Kalidel Ka- Means looking mean? pretty good. Boy. I think in the 70s you got McHale and uh, Oberdink. And- we might have to have that arg- not argument, but discussion one of these days on the show. Uh, Common Man coming up next. Hoops tonight on 740 The Pan.